0: Welcome to the Harmony Church podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. Today is uh, Palm Sunday, and I'd like to start with something funny. Uh, it was Palm Sunday, uh, but because of a sore throat, five year old Sammy stayed at home from church. And was looked after by a babysitter. When the family returned home, they were carrying several palm branches. Sammy inquired what they were for, and his father responded, "Hey, people held them over Jesus' head as he walked by." Wouldn't you know it? Sammy says, "The one Sunday I don't come to church, Jesus shows up." <laughs> come on, guys, give me a bit fun, give a, a laugh to hear my family. Haha, ha. yes, thank you so much. Um, funny? I think it's funny. Anyway, so today uh, starts uh, Holy Week. It's called Holy Week. It's called um, the uh, Passion Week. And of course, it culminates uh, in Jesus going uh, to the cross for us on Good Friday. And then next Sunday, Easter Sunday, Him rising again from the dead. And He is alive. So that's the week that we're in right now, the Holy Week, uh, which is celebrated all over the world. And for thousands of years, of course, uh, the Jewish people have celebrated the Passover when they celebrated how they had put the, the, the blood on their doorpost and they had eaten the lamb roast and how, how God sent those plagues and those things to, uh, to, to the Egyptian people because they wouldn't let Israel go. And he says, Put the blood around your post and you'll be safe and, and you will not be hurt. The plague will not come near your tent. And actually, when Israel left, there were millions of people in, in the Israel uh, uh, community. Millions left. Nobody was feeble, nobody was sick. And it's just amazing how the blood of Jesus covers us. In this way, the blood has always covered God's people. So that's why it's so important to celebrate communion every day, declaring it over your life and over your family. I'd like to read with you Matthew 21, which is the story about Palm Sunday. It says, Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. Amen. Here we go. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives... Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her side. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the fall of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the roads too, and while others cut palm branches from the trees and placed them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and And those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Wow. So here Jesus is riding on this donkey towards Jerusalem. And this was prophesied already thousands of years ago in Zechariah 9 verse 9. Here is Jesus riding towards his destiny. This is going to be the culmination of his ministry. This is going to be the culmination of his mission. This is the time that he was born for. He was about 33 years old at this time. That salvation would come to the world. That the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world, now would be manifested on Good Friday to give his life for as a ransom to the world, to to pay for our sin, and of course to rise gloriously again uh, on Easter Sunday in Jesus' name. What a wonderful celebration. So here the, the crowds are singing and shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna! Which means, please save us. Hosanna actually means please save us or please deliver us. And of course the crowds over there they thought mostly were disciples by the way disciples of Christ the discipleship was growing, I'm not 12 anymore, lots of disciples, and they, they were saying, please save us, and they were saying, they were seeing that they were going to be saved from the Roman empire, the Roman government, who were oppressing the Jewish people, and said, Jesus, you are our Messiah, you are our king, you're going to conquer, you're going to be the reigning new king, and we're going to have peace finally, and live a great life. But of course, these Jews didn't know exactly what Jesus was all about. They had a very small vision. They had a natural vision. They had a vision for their lives. But of course, this was much bigger. Yes, he was the Messiah. Yes, he is the king. Yes, he is the king of kings. But it's for the whole world. And of course, they did not know and they didn't understand that he still had to suffer and die. That he had to give his life for sin. That he had to crush the devil, defeat the the evil one, and that he had to be raised to life on the third day. Here we see on Palm Sunday, Jesus riding on a donkey towards Jerusalem. But Jerusalem was not his destiny. His destiny is your heart. His destiny was my heart. It is the hearts of people. It is relationship of people. That's why Jesus rode on this donkey to go and be in your heart, and to have a relationship with you and me. Amen? Amen. So here we see the people singing and shouting Hosanna. They are excited. Salvation is here. Messiah is here. Freedom is here. And they start worshiping. And they put their cloaks on on the road. They get palm branches. There's a real excitement. They're bowing to the name of Jesus. They're surrendering to the Savior of the world. It's like almost rolling out the red carpet to the king of kings, to their king. It was almost like a a coronation. It was like a coronation. Here comes the king. Well, they were right about that. He is the king. But he's the king of kings, not just the king right there who was going to rule right there in Israel. He's the king. Now, in uh, Luke's gospel, uh, same story, we read this. When Jesus came near the place where the road goes to the Mount of Olives the whole crowd of disciples, so that you can see that all of the disciples, began joyfully praising God in a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. They knew that He was the Messiah because of the miracles that they had witnessed in His life. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He's the miracle worker. And they say, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But watch this. But some of the Pharisees in the crowd said, Jesus, hey, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Stop stop them celebrating. Stop them shouting. And Jesus comes back at them and says, If they keep quiet, then the stones or the rocks will cry out. Then the rocks will crowd. Here Jesus is manifest as the king of glory. And Jesus is worthy of our praise. Jesus is worthy of our worship. And these people were worshiping him because he is the king. See, we are made to worship. We were made to worship. We were made to glorify his name. People, we were made to joyfully praise God. Man, I hope that you have a bit of a praise party a moment right now at your house. Because he is worthy of our praise. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, kiss. Let's thank him for who he is. He is just amazing. He is majestic. He is awesome. He is glorious. Wow. What a great Savior that we have. Man, if we don't praise, the rocks will start praising. How embarrassing that would be, you know? No, he wants us. We were made to praise his name. Amen. We were created. He is one Lord, one Savior, one King. And we give him praise. We like the people that we lay our lives down before him. And we celebrate his beautiful name. He is so good. Can I have a great amen right where you are? Come amen. on. Yeah, amen. With us. Just have a, a drink break. Man, he is so good. I tell you, listen to this. Our worship is the total alignment of our heart, our mind, and our strength to the will of God. I'll say it again. Our worship to God is the total alignment of our heart and mind and strength to the will of God. There is a surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ, a surrendering to Him. Now, I want to say something. I think in this particular time that we find ourselves, this is the most important thing to do, is to worship Jesus. And particularly when some of the idols of people's lives, like sport and celebrities and whatever, are falling and they're not there, when we see a lot of the noise is gone, you know? I couldn't believe it. I told you last week we had a fantail here, a fantail, a bird. But also, I saw, was it somewhere, guys, in... um, Scotland or Ireland with the goats on the street, they had these goats because there's nobody on the streets. All these goats, these mountain goats are eating the grass and the trees in the city. It's like, you know, the kind of the humans are hiding, of course, on lockdown in, and then the, the nature comes back. It's so beautiful to see the nature coming back. Some of the noise, some of the distractions are gone in our lives. Guys, what an opportunity without all the noise and the distractions. Watch out for the media because there's still a lot of noise there. It's good stuff, but also bad stuff. Make sure that we take time. We need to return to the simplicity of our lives in Jesus. Return to the simplicity that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He is worthy to be praised. Can I have a good amen? amen. Come on. Now, from the, the word from God that we felt, Catherine has shared already a little bit about the, a word that she'd been feeling about a reset and she'll probably do uh, maybe a post about it. She did a post, I think, last week about it. Uh, maybe some more this week. We'll see. But also, I felt the same. I felt when I woke up the other day, like a week ago, about recalibration. I felt like like a, it's a time to refocus. It's a time of realignment of our hearts. I felt it was a time of, of divine order, of, 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 of a centering, a centering of our being to God. I felt like there was a rejuvenation, like a fine tuning. If you have a Formula One car, and you get ready for the next race, they make sure that the the car is fine-tuned, that it will have optimum race, it it will perform to the best. And I feel like this time that we have at lockdown is a time that we can center around Jesus, around our King, and we can worship Him, and we can make Him first in our lives, and we can center our lives around Him. Amen? Amen. Now, I do want to uh, read to you a word that came from Michael Maiden. Now, I really respect uh, the prophet Michael Maiden from America. And he has released several words. And this one, I thought, this is good for prayer. Uh, this is what he said. He had a prophetic vision a couple of days ago. He says, the Lord showed me the world from a high vantage point and said, look, son, the floodwaters, and he was talking about the coronavirus, coronavirus are receding, the floodwaters, are receding. Job 38 reads this. This far you may come, but no farther. Here your proud waves must stop. The Lord said, I'm training my people to live in the ark of my presence and promises. This is the secret place I'm preparing for them. I'm softening the ground, my, the hearts of men, for the greatest harvest in history. Now we've talked about this a lot, that God is now, and you can see what God is about to do, but what the enemy is trying to do, because he always does the opposite in a destructive way. The thief comes to destroy, to kill, and to steal, right? Now you can see right now, he steals jobs, he steals economies, he steals health. Now what's going to happen on the upper side, God is going to bring life because Jesus came to bring life, John ten ten, and we will see a harvest come of healing, a revival of, of, of life given to people's lives, eternal lives going to people. This is the moment of history. The next 10 years is going to be amazing. It is not the end of the world right now. Yeah. That'd be so unfair to the people who don't know yet. Jesus says, you way to the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. The fullness is not here yet. A lot of things have to happen still. Yeah. So let's keep our hands to the plow. Let's not get distracted by all this kind of uh, theories about what could be, what could be. Yes, be prudent. Yeah, watch. Jesus says to watch. But make sure that we don't get distracted from what Jesus says. His last commandment he gave us is to go into the world and to make disciples of all nations. Come on. Let's keep the first thing, the first thing. Amen? amen anyway he's not finished yet some systems he says and structures of men will not survive but this is a good thing not a bad thing life won't return as normal and the new normal will will be different but also better i'm teaching my people to overcome fear remember my talk two weeks ago faith trumps fear faith faith overcomes fear. They will learn to live in faith, which will make them fearless. Come on, tell my people the waters are receding. Come on, let's say it all together, all around the city, around the world. The waters are receding in Jesus' name. Tell them I'm doing great things, God says. Tell them to build arcs of faith for their families, cities, and nations And of course, bubbles, wherever you are in your bubble. What a powerful word from God. Now, my question to you and to our time together is where is your life centered? Is your life centered around Jesus, around worshiping Him? He is the first in your life even in this time of COVID-19 and the things that we have around us. Jesus wants to be the center of who we are. This is a time to recognize who He is in our lives, that He is the King, that He is our Savior, that He is the Lord of Lords whether you see it or not, whether people believe it or not, Jesus is still king. Right. <laughs> he reigns in all power, in all authority, in all glory. He is seated on high. He is lifted on high. He, is, he lives in ultimate power and glory and majesty. Come on. Amen. Come on, let have a good amen for that one. Amen. The family, thank you, thank you for this thing. <laughs> amen. Well, um, I also think that if you look at this story here, that it was very much also a prophetic, um, prophetic uh, utterance of the people, a prophetic um, sign. Look what it says here, the crowds, they sing and shout, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Here they prophetically usher the king of glory into Jerusalem, right? They they make way for the king, make way, make way for Jesus, make way for the king, not fully understanding what he's about to do. We know now of hindsight of what he was to do, but they recognize the Savior. See, when we, listen to me, when we start to worship, we usher in the king. We're ushering the King into our hearts, into our families, into our bubbles, into our city, into our nation, into our workplaces. Come on. When we start to worship, things change. We make room for God. We make way for God. He is enthroned on the praises of His people. That's why. Come on. We need to worship together. We need to pray together. Every heart, every home, every bubble. To be one in spirit, connecting in the spirit. I tell you, this is one of the ways of the enemy right now. Because all the churches around the world, but also in New Zealand, they cannot gather right now all together. See, there's an anointing when two or three, there's an anointing when 300 people come together. There's 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 an increased anointing and power and manifest presence of God. And when we start praying and worshiping, it goes into the airwaves. Right now, it's missing. The three four hundred churches in Christchurch, they're, they're all in homes like we are right now. So there isn't that kind of communal kind of passion, communal kind of coming together, that faith. But we need it because if we stop it, other things fill the airwaves. Come on, guys, we can't have other things fill the airwaves. We need to have Jesus fill the airwaves. And I want to encourage you even at your home. Because when we start to be in unity, even though we are in your own home, when we start to unite in worship and prayer, it will combine. And there will be a covering. And there will be an authority. And things of the enemy will be thwarted even right here in Christchurch and in New Zealand and around the world. So let's fill Christchurch. Let's fill this nation and the world with worship together. The presence of God in Jesus' name. Yeah, come on. I tell you, this is the best antidote to COVID-19. The best protection is the blood of Jesus right. and it is worship. And prayer and declaration of the goodness of God in your life. Amen? So let's keep Jesus as the center of our lives. Amen? He is our eternal hope. He is the rock we built our lives on. He is our protector. He is our provider. He is the one that we trust Him. In Him, we trust. Let's say it together, guys. In Him, we trust. Say it in the middle of the storm. In Him we trust. In the middle of the coronavirus crisis, in Him we trust. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Amen. Now, it, um, it was a bittersweet journey for Jesus this Holy Week, this Passion Week, because the same crowd of disciples. They're saying Hosanna and praise his name. Where the ones on, that on Friday said, Crucify Him. Crucify Him. It's amazing. It's amazing how it's sobering how fickle people can be. Friends that are close together one moment and just love you and stand behind you can just the next minute can be gone. And Jesus experienced this in his life. Bitter sweet. Did you know that Jesus was actually weeping? Here the people were celebrating. He was weeping. Look at this here. Luke 19, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept. He wept over it. And it says, if you even you had known on this day, what would bring you peace? But now it is hidden from your eyes. And even today, it's still hidden from the eyes, as you know, of many Jewish people. Now, many Jewish people are coming to Christ, praise Jesus, become Messianic Jews. And God is doing a marvelous work. But there has been a blinding that we see in Romans 12, a blinding in eleven twelve, that there's a blinding in the world so that the, that the remnant, the, we as Gentiles, can come into covenant with God. And at the end of time, then God, Jesus, will reveal himself to the Jews. And they won't believe it. And it says, all Israel will be saved. But here, they don't see it yet. They don't see what Jesus is doing. He says, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and and, and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And how sad, because Jesus saw the destruction of, of Jerusalem which happened in A.D. 70, no stone was left on top of each other. The whole city was destroyed and the people taken into captivity into Babylon. Jesus knew as he was going into Jerusalem, there was unbelief and there would be um, things against him. He knew that they would reject him and he knew that they would kill him. There was a lot of pain on his journey towards Jerusalem. This is God. This is God manifest on earth. This is the word, eternal word of God made flesh riding on a donkey. And there's a lot of pain in his life. A few things that happened. He went to the temple. In Matthew 21. you see, he goes to the temple. And he throws over all the temple um, the t- tables because they were selling doves. And, and they were just exploiting people. And they were, they were uh, catching money. They were just doing corrupt things there. And he says, he says what you said is that this house... My house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. But you've made it in a, into a den of robbers, a den of thieves. And he throws all tables around. It was a bad day for Jesus. And then one of his disciples who walked with him for three years. Saw all the miracles, everything Judas. It says the devil entered into him. And he betrayed Jesus. It's one of his own mates betrayed him. It was a bad bad week for dead Jesus. And then one of his favorite disciples i'm sure i don't know if god had favorites there but i'm sure he was one of the three uh ones who were close to jesus anyway but peter come on good old peter peter who walked on the water nobody else that i know i've tried two years ago to go on the water it didn't work for me in israel but the thing is that peter walked on water. he saw miracles this week he will deny jesus three times he knew jesus so well how can you deny jesus and then Jesus goes to Gethsemane. And this, 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 this time is a lot of, if the cup can go past me, if, it can, if there's any other way for me not to die, but your will be done. But he asked the disciples to pray. And he goes to the disciples. And they're all sleeping. He says, Can you not even stay awake for a little bit? In my agony, in my time of need, can you not stand with me? He felt so alone. And then he went to the trial. And here's the trial between him and Barabbas. Barabbas was a multiple murderer. And here's the king of glory, saint, sinless, beauty, holy, Barabbas, evil, sinner. And the people choose for Barabbas. Let him go. Crucify Jesus. Now, of course, we know that this was in the plan of God. But I want you to have a sense how Jesus must have felt. He must have felt so betrayed. By his friends, so betrayed by people around him, so lonely, such a sense of rejection and isolation. Now I don't know about you, but maybe you feel really bad in your isolation right now, where you're living. Maybe you feel betrayed by somebody. Maybe you feel like somebody walked out of your life. Maybe you feel lonely. Jesus gets you. He understands. But he also is with you right there where you are. And you can trust him. You can trust him in your isolation, you can trust him in your rejection, you can trust him in your pain, because he will minister to you right now. You see Jesus come into my life. You can see it here in the communion when we celebrate this. This is an exchange, table of exchange. Give him your pain and ask him to give him, to give you his love. And his peace. It was all part of the plan. It was all part of the mission for Jesus. He had his cross to bear. See this is what real love looks like. Real love lays down a life for another life. And Jesus laid down his life for you and me. And he faced all this rejection. He was all by himself. Not many people around him, even around the cross when he was there, not many were there. But he faced these issues head on. And the reason why is because out of love for you and for me. Man, doesn't this want to make you love him more? This wants me to praise him more, to worship him more, to lay my life down. This is the king of glory laying his life down for you. And now we can respond by laying down our lives for Him and love Him. What a beautiful sacrifice Jesus gave us. And how wonderful we can respond in love and thank Him for it. You know, but there was also a joy. It was bittersweet. Because He says, for the joy in Hebrews 12, it says, for the joy that set before Him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. There was a joy there because he knew that his sacrifice would bring billions into relationship with his heavenly father. They would be saved. They would be his bride. And it would be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful story. And this is a powerful reality that is happening and has happened to us right now. I want to finish with Philippians 2. There's a beautiful scripture here about Jesus. It says, Jesus, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the cross, to death, sorry, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess or acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to God, to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. He is worthy of our praise. He sacrificed his life and then God raised him up. We'll celebrate this on Easter and give us a new life and raise us up with Christ to, seat, to be, have a seat with him in heavenly places. Every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Everybody who's ever existed, existing now or died already or to come, everybody, when Jesus comes, every knee will bow. I suggest you bow your knee right now and you don't wait for that moment. Right now, like the people in the streets, they bow to the name of Jesus. They bowed for the King of glory coming into their lives. As God comes into our lives, let's bow to the King of kings.